let's talk a little bit about on a personal level. Sure. Right? So I'm a big proponent fan that success breeds success, right? Totally agree. And I believe that at the end of the day, how we uh, deliver our messages and how we help other people come up behind us kind of moves the direction in a way that we want it to go, uh-huh. right? So tell me a little bit about who were some of the influencers in your life that kind of said, hey, you know, Michael is an entrepreneur. Michael's not out there slinging, uh, you know, on the street corner. He's not up there going to go work at a job nine to five. He's not out there uh, pitching timeshares, right? He found a way to do something that was going to be helpful for him, but also kind of help his family grow. So why is that? Where where did you get all that uh, insight from? Thanks for asking. Is is I was one of those guys uh, uh, my sophomore year in college I, uh, I kind of fired myself. I realized that I was paying for college. And I, didn't, I wasn't doing a very good job. And so I started a couple companies that failed uh-huh. uh, in, in, in uh, direct sales. And so I was, uh, my, my, I, you know, my mom, my, my dad said this, I remember. He says, you can do any, you know, of course, anything you set your mind to. In fact, you can have any, when you turn 16, you can have any car you want. Hmm. Just pay for it yourself. <laughs> you know, so... So I'm mom like, oh, wasn't going to buy it for you. Thanks, thanks, Pa. <laughs> right? And so I've been on my own. You know, my, I love my parents. I have a huge respect for their the work ethic that they've taught me. But but anything I've had. So I've copied a lot of success. Okay. So name and, one person. In fact, uh, in fact, I, I went to work for even Robert Kiyosaki out of Phoenix. Okay. Okay. And, and I said, wait a second here. He also, in his story, if you've read Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. has copied a lot of success. Right? Right. Uh, you, you know, my wife and I, when we, uh, uh, when we lost weight, is I, I copied a Josh Bomar. Josh Bomar owns a company uh, and his uh, wonderful wife, Sarah, uh, BomarNutrition.com. And, and they did a great job. And, I, and he won the, uh, uh, one of the initial Arnold Men's Classic uh, uh, physique competitions. Okay. And I literally said, I worked out with him for six months, changed my life. I thought I knew how to work out. I didn't. Right. You know, and, and, and success. And for those of you guys success, don't, who don't see Michael, he's uh-huh. up there flexing his pecs right now uh-huh. in front of me and all. Uh-huh. You know, that kind of thing. But, uh-huh. so, you know, hey, anyway. <laughs> well, it, 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 and, and, and kind of what uh, T. Harvecker used to say, right, is how you do anything is how, how you, you do, do everything, everything, right? My favorite quote. Right? And, and so, uh, so I was in uh, Venice Beach uh, at Gold's Gym recently saying, this is great, the birthplace of the mecca of bodybuilding, right? <laughs> So and that that means a lot. So so and I and I and I bring that to my my four kids okay. too. Okay. You know, um, my son and daughter and I are uh, my other two girls don't do these with me, but my son and daughter like to do Spartan races hmm. because you gotta you gotta you, you gotta do these things. You gotta stay right. healthy. Right. You know, I think it's very very important. And uh, and, and so. And same thing, when I meet with clients, I say, what's the point? What are we trying to accomplish? Right. You know, and, and nobody really comes to me and says, I really want to be a landlord. Right. They, they, they don't. <laughs> they, they, the, the old adage is this. It was a, a funny, you, can, you know this one probably, so don't give it away. But what do they say? They said a million quarter-inch drill bits were sold at Home Depot last year, but nobody wanted a quarter-inch drill bit. What do they want? The answer, a quarter-inch hole. So people sometimes say they like real estate, but really what they want is the passive income. Right. They don't, you know, they, they, they get it on a spreadsheet. They've read some books. And that's what brought me to the concept of real estate done for you, my company, where it's done for you. Same thing when you're in uh, personally, uh, you know, Scott Boyer is my one of my mentors in, in, in marriage. He's been, he's been married 26 years. He's, you know, my, my mother and father-in-law have been married 50 years. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, I'm like, what's your secret? Like what? You know what I mean? Usually they'll give you a joke here and there, right? 
but it's 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 having a servant attitude. It's 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 offering value. It's uh, it's a lot of unselfishness on that side of uh, on that side of things. And I, I always, still have a lot I, to learn. I always say compromise. Right? There you go. Compromise. There you go. There you go. So that sounds amazing. Well, tell me this. You know, so mm-hmm. you you alluded to that you do these things with your kids, right? Yeah. So if you were thinking uh, there's another generation coming up behind you uh-huh. and you wanted to just instill one thing, one thing that you feel will kind of propel them to a better place in their lives, right? Uh-huh. What would be that, that inspirational conversation about? What would you say to them that would kind of move them in the direction that you think would be helpful for them? Um, so on a financial basis, because that's kind of where I resonate. It, yeah. it, it, like everything's not about money, but it's it. Uh, one it's guy right up there with air. It's right <laughs> up there, right? Is is my son who's who really resonated with uh, Spencer Johnson's book, "Who Moved My Cheese." Uh-huh. Okay, remember that? Yep. Okay, and, and he would oh, you know, he would name all the characters. It was great. And for that generation, which is I don't know what are they, you know, Zs or whatever the Gen Zs now, mm-hmm. is they can consume that on an audio. So go to Amazon and get that little 60-minute audio and sit down with them. Um, you know, some of the, the four agreements and, and some of the Napoleon Hill stuff wasn't, didn't quite resonate with him right. necessarily. Um, I will say this, though. The, uh, uh, the Second Habit of Highly Effective People. So Stephen Covey does that book. And Sean Covey has a version for teens. Uh, Sean Covey also has a workbook for teens. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have grandkids or kids in that generation, is I made it mandatory that we did the book. And the workbook, which also has some great things to say about uh, uh, your body and your identity and bullying, all these really, really cool things. And But yet is that second habit uh, of kind of be proactive. And it's, if it's kind of meant to be, it's up to me. And taking responsibility and not being a victim and things like that. I wanted to have conversations around that because my son sometimes would go, hey, dad, we're doing pretty well. I look at our house. I look at our cars. We're doing pretty well and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. I'm doing I'm okay. Doing well. <laughs> I've seen your bank account, brother. You're not doing so hot. Maybe you should, you know. So, so you know, that brings up a great <laughs> point because I have that same conversation, right? right? right. Like, this is mine, okay? Right. I've right. done this, right? So right. How, do you, how do you, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, how do you ground them, right, to realize mm-hmm. that, you know, they still have to go put the work in, right? right? They still have to go do what it takes that we've done so often to get right. up first thing in the morning and grind to make yeah. it happen. Like, yeah. how do you instill that into your son that he understands that concept? I, I put it. In a, in a framework, it, it's um, uh, I, I, like, I like cars. Cars are kind of interesting to me. And we had a car repair, which were, were brakes. I'm going to answer your question. And it just needed front discs and, and pads. And it's an old, it's not an older, but it's a it's an Acura. It's a Honda makes Acura, and it's a you know, hundred thousand mile car. Right. And I said, son, is is understand the understand the markup of this stuff. So we went to another place. We bought the brakes. We bought the pads. We brought them in, and we paid for the labor. And he got a discount. I said. This is, you should know how to do this. You should know how to do things in life. I can't do them for you. Physically, your body responds to stress, (laughs) right? Like whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the gym, we do some cardio, your body responds. I can't do that for you. I can't teach you how to change a tire. What happens if the cell phone is out of range? You got to learn how to change a tire. Hello. You know, what happened? You know, you can't get your, right. So you got to do the work. And I say this to my kid. I said, if I didn't like you, I do everything for you. Right. I'm shortcutting your learning curve by doing everything for you, right? So, so his car repair was thirteen hundred dollars, and he's not, he's nineteen or eighteen years old right now. I said, it's your car. Right. Why would I pay for that? <laughs> You're eighteen years old. 
You can go anywhere in LA. Okay, hold on. Come I'm on. laughing because this uh-huh. is so apropos uh-huh. to right. our conversation Uh-oh. with my kids. Oh, right? it's hitting home. It's hitting but home yeah, somewhere. Home. So, like, this is the funny thing, and I and I believe that you know is the difference between moms and dads. Oh yeah, right. Oh okay? yeah. yeah. Because I really believe that as dads, we say. 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Bags are packed. Time is to get on out, okay? See ya. Parents and moms are like, baby, don't go nowhere. (laughs) You need to save money. Stay at home. We'll take care of you. And it's so funny that you said what you just said because I'm having this conversation, right? right? I'm literally like, babe. I want our own time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to walk around the house with no clothes on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want that opportunity to do that, right? right? As opposed to every time I come home, my kids are here, and you go to the refrigerator, and that, that thing you were just sinking your teeth into, oh. you already knew it was oh. there, right? It, it was that piece of cake that you've been dreaming about. It was day. only one left. <laughs> and you go there, it's like, where's the cake? Where's the cake? And they're like, Oh, Dad, I hate oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're going to go get me one, right? <laughs> okay? Right. Or you're going to go bake another one, right? right? So I, I love that conversation, and I, and I think it's so unfortunate that we should understand that there are differences between dads yeah. and moms, right? Very much so. Very much so. And I, and, think, I, and I have conversations with like-minded dads and grandparents. Mm-hmm, grandparents, mm-hmm. I appreciate you loving your grandchildren. Right. But you're doing the same thing. When, you, when we whine and cry and complain that these Kids are entitled is the word. Oh, they're entitled. Right. Guess what? It's our fault you if go. you're giving them everything. Exactly. I mean, you know, perfect example. I, lo- I lo- love my wife. She got a speeding ticket when she bought her new car. It was a Mustang, and she did. She And it was a very aggressive ticket, let's just say. <laughs> it, was, it was aggressive. So guess what happens when you're young? You get an aggressive ticket. Guess what happens? Your insurance. Right. Go through the roof. And her dad didn't do her any favors. So your car payment's four fifty, and your insurance is four fifty. <laughs> so you know what my, my wife did? She got another job and paid off her car. Because that's what you should do right. if you really want your car, right? right? You don't right. get into the bank of dad or the bank of grandpa. Come on. And we take we 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 we, we circumvent the learning curve. You're absolutely right. You know, it's so funny you're saying that because, I you know, my son, he recently had to get some car repairs on his right. car, right? And when they came back with the, the price tag, I was like, do you know this is, we just did your whole Christmas shopping, right? Right. <laughs> okay. Right. This is a whole different level for $900 worth of repairs. Yeah. I'm like, that's not my car. Right. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, how can you work this off, right? Because right. at the end of the day, this is taking money from my playing time, right? Yeah. So I thought yeah. that it was interesting that, you know, some kids, like you said, feel like they're entitled, right? And that this is just, hey, we're doing okay. This is not a big deal to you, Dad. You got money, right? Right. right. Whereas other kids say, okay, I need to figure it out, right? right? I need to not go to my parent. I need to go and figure out what I need to do to make sense of this and, right. and how I can pay for it, right? And I believe that, you know, like you said, how we teach our kids to handle adversity Right. And handle things that come their way is we owe it to them to do that. We owe it to be a little tougher. We owe it to be, you know, a little bit about, you know, you know what? You can't get everything because that's not what life is supposed to be about. Right. 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 So I love the fact that, you know, we need to instill that concept in them and make sure they understand that they got to work. Right. And and some things as the kids get older or the grandkids get older, I like, for example, is my mentor, who's a, 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 a Scott, who's a, a dad, does a book with his kids every, or his, he's an only child, his son, Jake, every summer. So they did a book and a book study. 
That's just what they did since they was young. Nice. So now the books get a little bit more complex, and then the books get a little bit more challenging, and maybe there's a, a faith or a body, a, you know, you know, a whatever, whatever's important to you. But that's what we've done. So, so as the kids get older, sometimes dad and mom sound like 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 the peanuts, like Charlie Brown's teachers, right? Wah, 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 Can't be right? the prophet in your own land. So, <laughs> so you've got to maybe find that author that might resonate with that child, whatever age they might be, and say, hey, listen, this would mean a lot to me is that if you would read this book or this audio or this podcast, like you do a great job, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it. Yep. And, 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 and someone else can go ahead and give the, 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 the information, and then yep. you can down, you know, debrief it, you know? Because like, you know, we've got to help these kids out, and sometimes coming from us may not be the best source. You know, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, I always, always say you can't be the prophet in your own land. Sure. Kids, for some reason... I remember my wife and I have always talked about personal development, and, and we love Jim Rohn. That's just oh always our guy, right? Yeah. And I would tell my son these things about Jim Rohn. It wasn't until he went to go work for Cutco, uh-huh. and all of a sudden heard it from his colleagues, right? right? Mom, Dad, have you heard of this guy? Oh you know, he gosh. said, I'm like, really? You know? And we just kind of laughed about it because it was the stuff that we've been telling them all their lives, right? Right. But because it came from someone else that they were willing to listen to, right? Right. It made all the difference in the world to them, right? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Well, one last thing I'll start off and leave off with is simply this. So, you know, I was listening. There was a interview the other day that I watched, and it was uh, Ray Dahlia and Mm. uh, P. Diddy, Okay. A very cool conversation. And in the conversation, it talked about, you know, Ray's background and what he uh-huh. did coming up and how he got into investing and so forth and things that he loved, right? Uh-huh. And he talked about his story, right? His story about caddying when he was younger and he was on the golf course. And, and that's how he got his insight because he would uh-huh. listen to people and ask questions and all those kind of things, right? Uh-huh. And that lifestyle or that exposure, right, is really what shaped who he was, okay. right? I love it. Right. And uh, and I listened to that podcast, and I listened to that conversation, and the first thing that I thought to myself was, you know, I have never been in a position early on where I'm able to have those conversations about wealth and wealth management mm-hmm. and, and, and real estate and mm-hmm. investing. And yeah. that was never in my makeup. That wasn't in the demographics that I grew up in, right? Okay. And yeah. that the, the concept of what helped propel him to where he is today had a lot to do with the environment, had a lot to do with the people who were surrounding him. Uh-huh. It had a lot to do with the mentorships and so forth, right? right? So my question, I guess, at the end of the day is, do you believe that, and, and I know this is a deep question, I'm going off the topic and everything oh, else, right. but I always like to just get insight from yeah, this, yeah. right? You know, um, as someone who may have been brought up a certain way, uh-huh. right, do you think that the exposure that you were around growing up made you who you were today? And was it something that you grew up maybe in a different lifestyle, different atmosphere, different demographics that made you get to that direction? Or was it more that you still sought it out on your own to go find it? And that maybe you didn't have that, you know, culture around you that said, we should be talking about wealth today. We should be, like you said, your partner, he's writing or going through a book with your, your, his son every day. And he's doing those kind of things. Right. How do you think someone gravitates towards success? How do they get that exposure to it, if that maybe their circumstances right. don't allow that to happen. Don't allow or right? provide it provide naturally. Provide it to me naturally, yeah. Yeah. right? So, so we have these conversations quite a bit. Um, 
you know, for example, uh, uh, if I were to ask my dad for a car, he'd be like, uh, he'd just laugh, he'd like roll on the floor, laugh, <laughs> right. right, right. I mean, and then and then in my subdivision, they're getting these new Honda Civics. Right. They're, they're, I'm like, and I'm like, what? Right. You know. So so yes, yes, in a couple different things. Yes, I believe it because we sometimes look back at at that generation and say like, what we turned out okay, and how were we treated? However, there was a story that it reminds me of, which is the story, which is I had a, uh, this person had an alcoholic father and had two sons and one son uh, became an alcoholic and the other son never touched a drop of alcohol and both boys blamed their father. Mm-hmm. Same set of experiences, different reactions, different outcomes. Right. So although we can't, you know, our, our upbringing is our upbringing, and, and we cannot really duplicate that for a variety of circumstances for our kids or our grandkids, right? However, uh, our, our coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes have these little band, uh, these little wristbands that said E plus R equals O. So the experience plus the response equals the outcome. The experience plus the round. So, so when talking to these kids or talking to people you love and care about, and, and you do a great job with this with your clients, and I can see your clients are all, their pictures are all over the walls here in your office. It's amazing. But the experience plus the response is, is the outcome. So you choose that response. You can't choose the experience. You have to choose the response. And so, yes, I wanted more. I, I, I wanted more. So I, so I did have a couple jobs. And I, I was a waiter for years and years and years, you know. And, and I went to all these different trainings. And I still read books to these days. But there's some people that aren't. So you have to kind of teach that you have to own that own response. They have to choose that response, I think, from nice. any experience. Nice. Well, Micah, hey, I appreciate you being here today. I've gotten a lot of insight on your company. Again, for you guys out there, this is Real Estate Done For You. And the great thing about it is Michael Drew is there to help you not be the landlord, but actually enjoy creating true wealth from that standpoint. Micah, I appreciate you coming out today, buddy. And uh, Thanks a lot. If anything I can do, please let us know. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Be well and blessed.